0: Once again, to Which Car Weekly, the culmination of the greatest minds at Bower Media. We get together once a week to chat about all our favourite motoring uh, topics of the week, including those that we probably weren't supposed to in any other channels. So, let's get straight on to it. I, with great pleasure, welcome uh, Associate Editor of Motor Magazine, Scottles Newman, back to the studio. Hello, everyone. Uh, and uh, also Andy Enright, Deputy Editor of Wheels Magazine. Good G'day. And if you needed any reminding, my name is Daniel Gardner. No one would need reminding. Well, for all the wrong reasons and for (laughs) topics we were talking about off air. Um, Sadly, that's all a little bit um, PG and PC. But the things we are going to talk about today are far more family friendly, including the passing of a redoubtable automotive luminary and our favourite unloved cars. Does this mean we're not talking about the new Tool album? Tool
1: have a new album? Tool has a new album. Comes out today for the, the first time in 13 years. Did you
0: see what Scotty did then? By asking the question, he's now it, it, levered his way into actually talking
1: about it. Well, tools, you know, there's a slight,
0: you know, car length oh, there. Oh, that's a long Do you bow. Do tools? You, I work with a few as well. Nice. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's talk about cars then. Okay, yes. All right. First up, um, Ferdinand Piech. I believe that's how you pronounce it. Mm, pie- piech. Piech. Oh, yes. I looked it up. I looked it up. You P-ish? do pronounce the C-H. Oh, OK. Yeah. Well, oh, I'm prepared to... I'm happy to be wrong. Well, he sadly, oh, he's not going to complain now, is he? <laughs> <laughs> too, too soon? He is not going to, because if you didn't know, um, yes, a huge automotive figurehead has died. Um, he is uh, instrumental in uh, basically, well, obviously the global scene, but but most prominently German brands. This was a fellow who is related to um, to the Porsches. Yes, yeah. he's a scion of the Porsche family, grandson oh, yeah. of a Federal yeah. Porsche. Yep. yeah um, Rose to fame through uh, he basically turned Audi into a rival for Volkswagen, for uh, BMW and Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Uh, before moving on, uh, his his uh, career took him through uh, then to Volkswagen and. He, with his time at Volkswagen he elevated them to a global conglomerate and he was involved with the purchase of Lamborghini, Bentley and he, while he was a founded Bentley Automobiles. Uh, sorry, Bugatti Automobiles. Yes. So, so not he didn't sit around doing bugger all, did he? No, I mean, let's talk about, so
1: what do we talk about first? Because he was an engineer, was he actually an engineer? Yes, He was an engineer, was. very, very uh, good engineer. He started as an engineer. Uh, I read a story about one of the first things he did when he got to Porsche, he started at Porsche in 1965, I think. And 63. 63. Sorry, yeah. so sorry, 63, just the same year as the 911. Then, mm. um, and they were going to put a wet sump engine in it, which is probably cheaper. And he said, If you do that, you can't take it racing. And they said, We don't care. He said, Nope, this is what's happening. So he made them put a dry sump engine in it. And look what happened 911's dominated touring car racing, rallying, sports car racing. The 911 more, you know. is
0: the most successful racing car of all time.
1: Yeah, well, there you go. Which
2: what, is, am- what amazes me though it's even before he. Uh, joined Porsche when he was at uh, university he designed um, a Formula 1 engine whilst at university what were you doing at university <laughs> you know I, I just designed so a in. bungee system that could fire bottles of Yop yoghurt into my neighbours <laughs> ex- <laughs> <laughs> into their yard
1: <laughs> well that is an engineering marvel of its own kind yeah I
0: made a hairspray cannon oh, oh, did good you? Work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah I just made a few friends
0: well, that's clearly one thing Andy and I missed out <laughs> <that> on. <laughs> <Ram> and noodles. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Um, so he designed an F1 engine while I was at university. Yeah, yeah. Was it any good, though? I mean, because that's like me saying I designed a cross-channel ferry. I mean, it would sink, but I still designed it. <laughs> I, know, I mean, but was even, it
2: any good? Even if you designed a dreadful one, it's got to be some kind of achievement. I guess so, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, so
1: yeah, sort of. The Pistons were on the outside. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to
0: see the blueprints before I, you know... Give, give him too much too much praise on it. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
1: But then he... Uh, 917, he was the uh, father of that. The, you know... Yeah. Some, some are saying the most successful Or the greatest racing car of all time. I don't really buy that because when it first came out, it was a bit of a shambles, wasn't it? It didn't go in yeah, a straight they're, line they're, they're and no one wanted to drive it. A lot of issues with that um, car. It became very good. Um, yeah. But the good story about that was when they had to homologate it and, you know, a few... A few, a few manufacturers did just make a couple and say, "Oh, we'll make the rest later." Whereas he lined up twenty-five Porsche nine seventeens and said, "You can drive any single one of them you want; they all work." And they declined his offer. But yeah, he did did things properly. Old, yeah, man. yeah.
2: I think what's interesting about that is a he was so young when he embarked on this project, mm. and b just the confidence that he had in himself because they ploughed so much money into that project. If it had flopped, it, it could have turned Porsche Belly. Yeah,
1: well, the, the board I don't think they wanted to do it. He said, you no, know, like, trust me, we'll we'll yeah. get the money back on privateer sales when once it wins everything. But yeah, he certainly didn't didn't lack um no Par, did he? Backed just, himself? Yes. Yes <laughs> what, sorry, what's that word? Chutzpah? Oh that's awesome.
0: I, I yeah, yeah I may I, have made it up. I've lived a sheltered life or you just made it up. Yeah. Either way, it's coined and we're okay. gonna use it. Fantastic. What are the what are the legacies? What is he is he, Oh he was involved with the Quattro, of course he was? The, yes. yes. Uh, there's a fantastic feature in Wheels magazine. If you wanted to grab one on shelves right now, unless, of course, you're listening many centuries after this podcast re- was recorded, then it's fairly unlikely. Uh, but yeah, there's an awesome uh, feature in Wheels at the moment on the Quattro, and of course there would be mention of uh, Pierre and yeah,
2: that. Yeah, the lead um, lead engineer was a, a fellow called Jörg Benzinger, but Pierre was the guy who, who pushed that project through. Um, a few years ago in Car Magazine, there was a story... Um, on another engineer who worked on Quattro called Thomas uh, Amerschlager. And uh, Carr credited him with a lot of the stuff behind uh, the Audi Quattro. And then apparently Ferdinand Pieck went absolutely berserk at that. <laughs> <laughs> felt, felt he didn't get his moment in the sun there.
1: Uh, while we're plugging wheels, uh, on the Wheels website, in honour of his uh, passing, they uploaded a 1998 interview between Peter Robson, who wrote mm. that Quattro story that we're just discussing, um, Peter Rob- uh, Robinson and... He interviewed him once in 1998. Uh, it's an amazing story. Go and read it. It's on the Wheels website. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. he
2: was he was famously monosyllabic in uh, his interviews with journalists. He hated speaking to journalists. Not so.
0: only is it a great story uh, in itself, but it's also a fantastic example of really good journalism and what mm. what Robbo is so good at that unapologetic. Yes. not panding to to PRs or the brand at all. Yeah, but the, the funny
2: thing about that interview is that Volkswagen wanted uh, Peter Robinson to send uh, his copy to them for them to approve and he refused to do it. Yeah. And, and uh that was 98, did you say? Yes. Um and we never got another interview with Ferdinand Piech right. after. Yeah. That. So he was he was really really autocratic. Um he said um that he hated uh interview. somebody at Volkswagen said uh, the PR department said, you know, he may tell you things, but only on his own terms and conditions. And he hates somebody stealing his thunder. You always do this with the future product stories that he can't control. Yeah. So, yeah, he wanted control of everything. Probably was a bit of
1: a control freak.
0: I, d- I mean, do you have to be to, to, to hold down the role like that? Yeah, I feel like if you've got that much
1: power and that much uh, influence. yeah, that, that sort of personality. You just... Yeah. With with that fantastic success, and fantastic drive comes a few personality quirks. Um, <laughs> you don't have twelve children by four different mothers um, without probably having a few.
0: Possibly thirteen. Could, Possibly have, been, yeah, 13. Yeah, could, it could have been thirteen. There might be a substitute on the bench. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. As I was saying to Andy before... It's a full basketball squad. But it totally is. I mean, good on him. I mean, it's it's not as if he didn't have enough else to be getting on with. Well, he had
1: plenty to do, didn't he? So, yeah. If
0: I was that controversial, perhaps maybe, maybe not 13th offspring, I'd just be claiming I was right now. Mm. You know? Fair bit of cash floating around somewhere out there. He was was a deeply weird
2: unit, though. I remember speaking to him. I think it was maybe 99 at the Frankfurt show. I asked him a question, and... uh, he just blanked me. It was just <laughs> really? it was just merciless. He just stared through me as if I was invisible and then walked off. You and get like, used
1: to it after a while, yeah. don't you, Andy? I saw, uh, I saw another story like that from a fellow journalist. Um, it was just someone on Twitter, and he said he went up at a uh, auto show and asked Pierre a question because he saw him next to the stand, grabbed his opportunity, and Pierre didn't even acknowledge him, just stood there staring straight ahead until he went away. <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like a, sounds wow. like a familiar yeah. feeling.
2: Um, but he... He was, he was so influential that um, he hated uh, air conditioning. It was one, one of his little sort of bugbears, like over air conditioned places. So the whole of the Frankfurt show for years and years and years had no air conditioning. It was sweltering and huge, and you'd see these 70 year old journalists staggering around, like about to keel over dead, because it was so stiflingly hot. What? And, and he carried um, a toolkit. With him when he travelled into hotels, so that he could disable the air conditioning and open the windows in the hotel to let fresh air in. But no way, yeah, he, he, he was full of these like
0: um strange more After hearing, because yeah. I'm also uh, a, I hate air conditioning, unnecessary use of air conditioning. But at the Frankfurt show, it's not a problem because it's always about minus fifty degrees outside of yeah. Frankfurt. In well, it's, oh, it's, in summer it can be bloody hot there. Yeah, but every, every Frankfurt show I've been to has been pissing it down and freezing cold. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are a couple of quotes in
2: his book that I, I quite liked, his autobiography. He said, if I want to achieve something, I approach the problem and push through without realising what's happening around me. My desire for harmony is limited. Yeah. <laughs> so like, he wasn't afraid to butt heads. And he said, but he, he did have an element of um, introspection. He, he understood what sort of person he was. He said, uh, only when a company is in severe difficulty does it let in someone like me? In normal, calm times, I would never have gotten a chance. Mm. Wow. Yep. So he's... It, what uh, a wonderful...
1: Yeah. Desperate um, times call for desperate measures. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was another good quote from, uh, I think, an Andrew Frankel piece. Um, they There was the chief designer for one of the golfs, like a 5 or a Mark 4 or something like that. And he said, you can argue with piek but you want to be really sure you're right because you won't make the same mistake
0: twice. You will not you to make the same mistake twice. So... Yeah, so. so this kind of personality is, is not unusual in the automotive industry, is it? You normally there are find. Some quirky that, folk. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Quirky, but also sort of shamelessly aggressive. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, Alpha um, males. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I just I feel like, you know, the motor shows is, is perhaps one of the best places we get to encounter those kind of personalities. Um, and it seems to be, dare I say it, more prevalent in the German manufacturers is—is is that fair to say? Uh,
2: maybe, maybe, maybe it's just. Uh,
1: I think maybe at the. I mean, the, the way, way they come across can feel brusque. similar, and, and
0: yeah, true. Incredible drive and Marchioni to a certain extent. Actually, yeah, 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 yeah. Bob Lutz was never a pushover, was he? No. Exactly. No, certainly not. Yeah, but uh, um, there's there's also a really interesting thing that I discovered not that long ago, um, that there is a condition if that's even the right term to describe it, called Corporate Psychopathy, um, ah. where they're obviously, you know, when you talk about psychopaths, everyone immediately jumps to the the vision of a murderous psychopath, as portrayed in many horror films. But the the condition, the mental condition of being a psychopath can actually be the non-murderous type, but you can still have the same... Traits and tendencies. And you find in organisations that there is a concentration of corporate psychopaths at the top of the the pecking order because these very charming personalities, but also completely unbeknownst to most people around them, cold and emotional. No empathy. Zero empathy. They've worked their way to the top and what they find, just reading I urge you if you don't know about it to read a little bit more about it because it is fascinating. They rise to the top quickly and the people around them immediately in their proximity see them as a good thing, but they... In the end, actually cause huge troubles, which normally only come about after they've moved on somewhere else. And
1: well, yeah. funnily, funny, funny <laughs> you should say that. That was an exceptional uh, segue into Dieselgate.
0: Thank you very much. That, that wasn't my intention. Yeah, <laughs>
1: but I'll take the credit anyway. Because uh, Dieselgate, uh, Piech um, basically got booted in favour of Martin Winterkorn, who became VW Group's next head honcho. But then was a month later, six months later It wasn't very long after that that the Dieselgate scandal broke And there are rumours that Pieck Actually uh, Tipped off a few people that he, uh, the, the How deep it went And how far back They knew about the problems um, Yeah,
2: I, I think the thing that people have, str- have a struggle with Is to Balance how hands-on Pieck was with not knowing Anything about
0: Dieselgate yeah. Th- Those two things mm. don't Look no. to jibe. No, how how could you not be that um, interwoven to the organisation and not at least know something? But uh, it it was it was exactly that
2: win at any cost yeah. mentality that Pierre had. You know, we we're going to make Volkswagen the number one car manufacturer in the world. That that stressed everybody underneath him to such an extent mm. that there was this bending of the rules. Yeah, um, but
0: he know. escaped any uh, of the. Ramifications yes, of that. He, he was, he was he found completely not responsible yep, for anything. Yep. Which, how, how I mean, I don't <laughs> understand how pretty much they could have lined up everyone in the upper management of Volkswagen during those years and said you had to have known how yeah, could you yeah, not? And yeah. if you didn't, then that makes you a terrible manager. That's right, I mean.
1: that's right. But then I suppose he was gone by then. Uh, yeah. Shall we
0: talk about some of his failures,
1: please? In, 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 just, in a, just before we do
2: that, yep. some of his successes you yep. know, the Porsche 917, obviously, the Audi Yep, yep. he was very good at uh, creating huge him. amounts of... Yeah. Poor at contraception. Um, <laughs> Bugatti Veyron, platform oh, sharing... Was it a failure or Ooh, was it a success? A, yeah, it could go either way. Mm-hmm. Same, same, I suppose you could argue, VW XL1, Audi A2. But yeah, yeah saved Volkswagen, dual-clutch transmissions, a thriving Lamborghini, and, a, you know, mm. dodging dieselgate. That's, yeah, that's a bit of a... Well, oh, but that's done. the
0: interesting thing, isn't it? Good like, time to check out.
1: Even his failures were kind of successes. Like, they weren't failures for any other reason... Than the fact that they were unbelievably successful at what they wanted to do, they were just sort of ahead of their time. Like the Audi A2, yeah, was a fantastic car for its time. Super frugal, lightweight. It just mm. cost a fortune to build. Yeah, it was too expensive. Likewise, the Veyron, it did what it, like they re completely revolutionised the yeah. supercar hypercar mm. segment. It's just that. It cost them, like, a 70 billion squillion dollars to actually get it working. I know, the, the VW Phaeton was a magnificent yeah, car. Yeah, absolutely. It was absolutely. a Bentley with a VW bench, yeah.
0: but,
2: <laughs> but It's just almost like a vanity project. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But when it comes to cars like the Veyron, and I would say that that is one of the greatest successes of in, in automotive history, because... Yeah. It wasn't a commercial success. It no, didn't, it was never going to make them a lot of money. I don't think they ever intended it to. But they were—they were exactly the right time that they had proved many other technologies and the ability of Volkswagen. And people were starting to realize that it was a conglomerate and it had, you know, various brands within it. That technology can be passed side to side and uh, cascade around. That car proved what Volkswagen was capable of. Irrespective of what it, which brand it applied it to. Yeah. So they would have they they would have spent double on that car to to make the world see that yeah. they could they I, could build the yeah, world's it's, fastest.
2: It's hard car. to create to position these things as failures in terms of as a product as mm, an engineering yes. standalone thing. You know, P. E. C. was an amazing product guy. Say what you want about him. He I don't think there's anyone who rivals him. But if you look at the the corporate history, you know, he never got hawk off the ground um he he wanted to revive that brand um which goes back to sort of auto union mm-hmm. audi's early days mm-hmm. um that never happened for him um he got the rights to manufacture rolls-royce but never got the name um that was something that always rank because
1: ah, he did um mm. just pride just that was one of the things in that peter robinson interview i didn't know the background on that they were talking about how much he was going to Pay for it and stuff like that. So they're in the negotiations at that point. So that's yeah. interesting. So
2: losing if, that to BMW. Was BMW to got one over the in hub. there, didn't yes. they? Because they,
1: yes. well, so they got the rights to build them, but you can't build Rolls Royces without the Rolls Royce badges. On yes, them, so. exactly.
0: <laughs> 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 you can, just no one would buy them. Yeah, that's true. You have to call them hawks. <laughs> you and can you can talk about all of these brands and and models within uh, his influence and his tenure, um, and take the Veyron as an example, whether it was successful or not. They didn't have any trouble selling on any of them, did they? No, no. As we've
2: seen subsequently, they can just raise the price and still demand.
1: Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Um, Um, I read a quote from a, I can't remember which executive it was, might have been Porsche, might have been Ferrari, but they all said that we have to like thank, they didn't say Pierre because they said VW, but essentially it was him, because we had no idea that there was a market for million dollar million-euro cars. Wow. Hmm. You know, the, the, it was around, you know, the Enzo came out, it 300,000 pounds, Carrera GT, all that sort of thing, and then the Veyron came out at a million euros or a million pounds or whatever it was. No one else had the balls to go there, and now, hmm. obviously, it's exploded, you know, yeah. the Koenigseggs, the yeah. Paganis, the Chirons, everything, like, he has inadvertently made a lot of manufacturers a hell of a lot
0: of money. Yeah. So, with that as a standard, then, as just one uh, indication of success, one representation of a car doing well, is sales. So that takes us on to our next talk topic for today. Yes. Good cars that we can objectively say are very good, but didn't sell. And there
1: are some, I mean, there are some piek magic in there. The, the A2, the Phaeton, the Phaeton obviously. Phaeton is a great um, example, yeah. because yeah, i so closer to home. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about this. All right, who's going to kick
2: off then? Um, I'll kick off with one. I, I'm sure you guys will have your own opinions on this car but uh one of the best cars that i ever drove um which didn't sell at all well was the lexus lfa oh, oh. yes what a thing that was and i don't think anybody kind of really understood what it was at the time and how special it was, mm. it was such a
1: special, like that's the thing it's it came out It's very similar to the Veyron, that car. It had an enormously long gestation period. They couldn't get it right. They had to make it twice. Once they have aluminium, then out of carbon fibre. Um, Is that right? I didn't know that. Yeah, but um, that's, I think, in its own way, it's every bit as special as a Veyron. Like, it doesn't get those plaudits because it doesn't do 400 kilometres an hour. But you look at the packaging of that car and how they built it and the levels they went to. It was a similar money-no-object engineering technical... You know, showcase for what Toyota could do. And that car is absolutely magnificent.
0: Have you driven one? I have. Have you driven one? Yes. Oh right. I'll just I'll leave now, shall I? <laughs> it
2: has to be yeah. one of the best sounding road yeah. cars ever built. Well the that's something I have
0: been able to appreciate. The only thing
1: I, um that ages it is the gearbox. If you put a, put a like a modern double clutch in that gear in that yeah. sorry, a modern double clutch in that car and re-release it right now, it'd yeah. still be one of the best cars. But
2: around. do you do you remember seeing all those
0: tickers? This is how many Lexus LFAs are still unsold. Yeah. This is, this, 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 yeah. Oh not Don't Can you imagine? Oh, I mean, this is the mark of a great car, is if you're sitting there with one in your garage now and you have a huge, smug grin on your face. Yes. Because you realised what it was going to be in the future. Hats off to you. Uh, Scott, what's one of your recommendations of great cars that didn't sell? I'm going to go from the other end of the spectrum. Yes. Say the Kia Proceed GT. Absolute cracking car.
1: I drove that car and we put it up against, in a comparo, with similar sort of price, you know, Mazda 3, SP25, uh... Holden Cruise SRIV, that sort of thing, and it wiped the floor with them. It yep. blew everything else away. It was so good to drive. It was, you know, it was fun. It was grippy. It had a cool little engine, great little manual gearbox. Looks and great. no one bought it. Why though? Three door only, manual gearbox only. Exactly.
0: Exactly, which just the, makes the, you despair at the humanity. The re- recipe for disaster in Australia, <laughs> I know. but it was was a one point six turbo. Yeah, one point six turbo, hundred and fifty yeah. kilowatts. Um so that was on. the same engine as your old Hyundai i thirty SR. what's that? It was. Yes. Did, uh, and that was got, a cracking car, yeah. which does sell very well because yeah. it's available as an auto and you can get the four door. Yeah, That's right. Okay. Um, I'm going to weigh in with one: uh, the Volkswagen Passat W eight four Motion. Oh yes! Ooh. What no, a cracking that's a, car! That's a rare bird. Very rare. Yeah. Was available in Australia. Would you like a fact about that car? I want all the facts you can give me.
1: So they made, um, so seventeen W eight Passat four motion wagons oh, with a manual went to the US.
0: Come on! Yep.
1: Can you imagine? Oh, thank, thank you to uh, Johnny life. Lieberman for that
0: little tidbit. Um. So a huge amount of car for your money. So you have. Eight cylinder performance. Have you heard one? Do they, the sound, comp- they, must they sound amazing. amazing. Yeah. yeah, jump on any web video streaming service. See, I'm not being brand specific. Mm-hmm. Uh, and have a listen. Turn it up loud because they sound awesome. They're just like any other of Volkswagen's weird VR engines. So it's mm-hmm. a single cylinder head. Um, no, hang on. Yeah, so two single cylinder heads because it's a W configuration. Sounds weird. You can tell it's yeah. something something unusual. It's going kind on of two there. V4s put together. Effectively, thing, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's and awesome.
1: Andy, what's next on your list? Um, oh, hang on, just one, oh, one more. On. Sorry, okay. sorry, sorry, the sorry. reason it didn't sell,
0: it was $100,000. <laughs> <laughs> That's surprising. So And it didn't really look that different to any other. <laughs> I don't think it was that fast either, really, wasn't well, yeah. Who cares? <laughs> this is, it's the perfect car. It sounds yeah. awesome, doesn't go very quick. I had noted down um,
2: Audi A2 and VW Phaeton. We kind of covered those. Uh, I'd be interested to hear your views on Honda NSX. Choose the original or the new one. I don't mind.
1: Ooh. To me, they both have exactly the same problem. They were a fantastic car that were priced way beyond their their abilities, or the you know it could be mean and say the abilities of their badge. Like the mm. old one was the same price as a 911, 911 turbo almost. It just you can't carry that off when you do zero to one hundred in six seconds. Mm. Um, as fantastic as I'm sure I haven't driven a standard one. I certainly haven't. Oh, sorry, I haven't driven an original one. I certainly haven't crashed one into a fireworks factory like someone else, <laughs> someone else in this room. but um, And the, the current one is exactly the same problem. I think if the current one was 250 grand, it would be fantastic. But it's $420,000. It's
0: really high. And as good as it
1: rate. is, you can't sell a Honda when people are looking at a Huracan, McLaren, 488, um, which is sad because yeah. it's an amazing thing. But
2: I think they sold two last year and one yeah. the year before. But rumour has it that they're changing hands with kind of delivery mileage for 300.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Is it one of those cars that in a few years' time you're going to look at it and go, I should have grabbed one for, for that money?
2: Maybe. Um, I got a couple more Lotus Evora, um, yeah. four seater mid engine cars never really took off today, no. <laughs> no,
1: especially when you've got all the room of like you know a matchbox in the yeah. back. To actually I can't think
2: of game. a single other one. And do you remember? The Lotus, the new Lotus Europa, Europa. yes, (laughs) Yes. yeah, which was originally going to be the Proton sports car, and then Proton got cold feet (laughs) and said, "Here you are, Lotus, here's here's a new model for you." Was um, was that good though? It was okay. It was better better than um many thought. It looked a bit gimpy, but uh, you know, there was the the Europa S. They built 408 of those in 2006. Had uh, 147 kilowatts, so it wasn't Mm -hmm. exactly massively powerful. And they upgraded that to the SE out of pure desperation um and that had 165 and uh, it's the rarest lotus only 48 were sold um oh, really? i remember a a lotus chassis engineer who may or may not now be um at aston martin and he okay. uh, <coughs> he drove that and uh looked at this sort of leather interior that they'd put into it and he just turned to me like despairingly and said Turning that thing into a satchel is not going (laughs) to say. There wasn't a great deal of
0: love in Lotus for having that car sort of plonked in their lap. What about where to go next in my list here? Uh, Anything with a Citroen badge. (laughs) Yeah, a single car. Sadly. I love the C6. I I
1: don't know why I I love the C6, but I do love
2: the C6. I had... had Citroën Zara VTS, same as a Peugeot 306 GTI 6, apart from having a five-speed gearbox, and that gives you a smaller turning circle. That thing was great, and it was cheap, and no one loved it.
0: While you're on Peugeots, Peugeot 205 STDT. Say it carefully, because then, uh, you know what I mean. I'm very sorry to hear that, Dan. Yes. No, it's fine. I've got some cream. i have seen a of people. It will clear up. It always seems to. Uh, no, this was a Peugeot 205, sold in the UK and other places, uh, and it looked exactly the same as the GTI, but it had a 1.8 turbo diesel under the bonnet. Okay. So it was kind of weirdly quick in a kind of not actually anywhere near as quick as the GTI, but massively efficient in and great for a country where diesel was about three million pounds a litre.
2: On the yeah. subject of 205s, I saw a tweet uh, this week. Um, somebody was saying a car I didn't know existed. The Peugeot 205 Rally 1.9. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. They only made a few of them in Switzerland. But on the subject of weird beard uh, diesel versions of yes. cars, there was a Mercedes-AMG v- diesel version of the... Uh, The coupe version of the C Class, you know, the stubby cut off. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, C Class. uh, Yeah, yeah, I know the one. Yeah, Yeah. they did
2: an AMG, I think it was called the C30D. It became
1: the CLC, did it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, Sounds like a a,
0: a, a lubricant spray. Yeah. That
2: car was largely rubbish, but the diesel one is supposed to be quite good to drive. I think you've got a different steering rack or some weird beard stuff like that. (laughs)
1: Let me run, can I run through a few? Please. Go for it. BMW 440i Grand Coupe, Grand, great car. That's lovely. I don't think anyone's going to buy one. Um, I
0: nearly jumped in there and said, yeah, and also the BMW 5 Series GT, but then I realised this segment is called good cars now and yes. buys and not really, really shit cars now and buys.
1: Audi S1. I had an Audi S1 long-termer and I loved it. It was fantastic. I wish they didn't put a new a different turbo on it to kill. There's no reason that engine had to be restricted to 170 kilowatts instead of 210, whatever it makes in an S3. Um, but that was a fantastic little fun car. Why didn't it sell? manual only so once yep. again um, base, it was a lot of money wasn't it yeah yeah. it was 50 grand oh, so there we go you got, a got the double tricky. whammy there then um, base Audi TT is a fantastic thing yes it is um, probably the best TT I think um, agreed Lexus GSF oh
0: yeah no, no. not finding any favour no, I mean come on would you have that over what does it compete with it's a lot of money well 150 grand it's not too bad whose salary are you on? Well, i just steal all yours. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to weigh in with one. Did you get an a, equivalent of the Vauxhall Saphira, uh VXR in this country? We did not. Okay, two-litre turbo version of Vauxhall slash, I don't know, GM's people mover that had 240 horsepower. Yeah, we got yeah. the Astra VXR here, so it was basically that HSV did it. Um, yeah, but this is a Safari.
1: which is like a yeah. P- so, but mo- that engine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So the, yeah. And that thing was madly
0: torque steery So you put in a people mover. Yeah, with huge amounts of inertia, and it was dreadful. But yeah. it was really, really quick, and it yeah. looked cool from a distance. It just looked like a little, a little hot hatch. Yeah, a little seven seater bus. It was, it was
2: really good fun. I drove one of those to the Nurburgring and back, and uh, <laughs> did, did a few sneaky laps in it. Yeah, it, was, it was didn't sell. Too expensive. Was a laugh. Too
1: Can I, I? The car I've probably mourned more than anyone else is the rear-wheel drive Jaguar F Type R. I loved that car so much. It had negative rear traction. Yeah, but it was so easy to drive. It was so in playful reverse, and yeah, so playful and so just so controllable and everything. And they discontinued it because I don't think anyone really bought it.
2: I think JLR need to fundamentally reassess some of their pricing policies around yes, uh, Which in have done, around to be around, fair. around some of their vehicles yeah. and, and options packs. Like th- this this week, we had um volvo xc40 t4 which is 55 grand top of the range r design sorry t5 r design and we put it up against a new freelander and that thing was it was 75 80 grand and it was much less powerful it's a really really good vehicle but the price was just off the charts yeah, and i think right. that's that's what cripples a lot of these jlr products here. yes
1: can i say one more it's a very close to home one one more each okay i'll be the, the holden caprice It was a fan, especially the last ones. um, Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had. There's just no way, no better way to get around this country. But that was still really entertaining to drive because it wasn't that heavy. Like it was 1750 kilos or something compared to a um, comparable German limo. Yeah. Would ride, I'd put its ride quality up against any S Class or 7 Series. Especially on our roads. Yeah, you had a great V8 in the front, rear wheel drive. Mm. It was just, you know, it was fun to drive beautifully comfortable had heaps of le- rear leg room with DVD players in the back I love that car.
0: okay right so that was an auto it wasn't too expensive why didn't that sell uh
1: I don't think there's any market for it you know all the all the, when I was young like you'd see them as sort of flash cabs um, which probably didn't help the image uh, and you know they gave them to the prime minister and stuff like that and I don't think really people wanted the prime minister's car um, and then everyone just moved to SUVs
2: Anyone one more One of my favourite cars that is currently for sale, um, the Alpha Julia QV. Um, Oh, you want a good deal on one of those? You can
1: name your price.
2: Yeah, I know it's such a fantastic car. I don't think there's another car that sort of brings bigger smile to my face when I get behind the Mm wheel as as that car. It's just the life affirming uh, thing. A sneaky good car. Absolutely, yeah, Yeah, that's a good car. But uh, yeah, they're not selling too many of them, are they? It's. um, I've seen one with
1: like. You know, 3,000 Ks for like 110 grand or something. It's Yeah, there's bargains to be had on
0: QVs. Yeah. Brilliant car. Uh, Dan, and finish us off. Skoda Octavia RS wagon. Yep, and the Skoda Yeti. I'm going to put one more in. I love the Yeti. <laughs> so do I. Yep. So there we go. Once again, we have cleared up all the problems of the automotive universe. Yep. Um, if you don't want to produce, manufacturers, a car that is great but doesn't sell, don't make it too expensive. Don't make it with an exclusively manual gearbox. Uh, don't make it exclusively three doors and make sure there's a market for it. Until next week, when we'll bring you all of the advice in which to make your car company a success, do stay safe on the road, get in touch with all of our various social media channels, get on at whichcar.com.au, buy a magazine, give a friend a hug, and in next week we will talk to you all again uh, with plenty of other motoring stories. Thank you for listening.